Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, saints, once again, in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We bring you all greetings from the great country of South Africa, City Pretoria, where Jesus Christ is Lord, and besides him, there is no other. We thank God for the saints that are here in this great country, in this great city, the grace of God upon their lives as they are working diligently and tirelessly to care for God's servant. We appreciate each of you so very much, and we pray God's continued blessings upon your life. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled Make Yourself. Make Yourself. We thank God that God has now placed inside of you and me, children of God, an entity that is greater than Ourself. You say, Apostle, what is it that God has placed within side of you and with side of inside of me? He has placed himself. Keep in mind, child of God, that you are a carrier of the most potent force in all of creation. Uh, sometimes in life, individuals uh, acquire uh, communicable diseases. Sometimes individuals get such things as they catch colds or they get viruses or they get various sicknesses, and, and sometimes people will avoid them. Remember the bubonic plague and how easy it was to be spread? Well, it was the reason why uh, many times people would avoid individuals that, that have certain infirmities is for fear of catching what they have. In other words, people understand that, that that individuals that are afflicted or infected are carrying is very potent and it can be communicated, it can be given to others very easily. Well, I want to let you to know today, child of God, that what you are carrying is more infectious than the bubonic, bubonic plague. It is more infectious than HIV. It is more infectious than the common cold. What you and I are carrying, and I don't mean infectious in a negative way, but infectious in a very, very positive way. What you and I are carrying, children of God, is none other than the, the person of the Holy Spirit. We are carrying God himself in spirit form inside of these earthly bodies. 
This is why I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. I don't know what you are faced with and what you are experiencing, but child of God, I have been sent here today to encourage you and let you to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't know what challenges you are facing, what trials, what tests you are experiencing, but I do know that he that dwells within you, child of God, is greater than whatever it is that you are facing. Keep that in mind as you go through various trials. Keep that in mind as you go through various tests. God has sent me here today and is reminding me to tell his people that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God says to keep in mind that I am faithful. I will not allow you to be tempted, my child, beyond what you are able to bear. God says what I will do is with the temptation, just as certainly as the temptation comes, God says, I will provide a way of escape so that you can stand up under it. You say, Apostle, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't need to know. I know that as a child of God, you can stand. I know that as a child of God, you can take it. I know that as a child of God, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Bless the name of Jesus Christ. Make yourself. There are some things that we have to make ourselves do. Now, God says that's if you want the benefit of that thing. Mm -hmm. In natural life, there are some things that you have, you and I have to make ourselves do if we want the benefit. In other words, if you want a paycheck, then you're going to have to make yourself get up and go to work. If you want to be in good physical condition. You're going to have to make yourself eat right. You're going to have to make yourself exercise. God said, look, if you want the benefits of the kingdom, you're going to have to make yourself meet the prerequisites of the kingdom. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is sending me here to deal with today. If you want the benefits of the kingdom, you must make yourself meet the prerequisites of the kingdom. Hmm. The kingdom of God is a kingdom full of blessings. But keep in mind, child of God, that the kingdom of God is also a kingdom full of principles. It's a kingdom that is filled and full of laws and statutes, decrees. It is a kingdom that is filled with prerequisites. I want to encourage somebody today that if you draw near unto God, he will draw near. Unto you. I, I want to encourage somebody else today that if you will submit yourself, therefore, unto God, resist the devil, then God says he will flee from you. Keep in mind that the more you make yourself line up with the prerequisites of the kingdom of God, the more God will bless you with the blessings of the kingdom of God. Make yourself. We looked at capital A in our outline and arc. Two times in Scripture where we see where an ark was made, there was the ark that Noah made to save himself, his family, and many of the, the animals that were on the face of the earth, Genesis chapter 6, verse 14. And we saw the ark of the covenant in Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. Capital B, we looked at a little bit uh, just a couple of days ago, make yourself, deny yourself. Keep in mind, child of God, that inside of each one of us, there are two us. There is two of us. 
There is the new us, but then there's the old us that is still fighting. There's the new nature, but then there's the old nature. There is God speaking from within our hearts, but then we've got the adversary from time to time that tries to speak into our hearts of where make yourself deny yourself, deny that old self, deny that self that still wants to hear what the adversary has to say. Deny yourself and you will be blessed real good. Matthew, we looked at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. We looked at Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. And it brings us on down to capital C in our outline. Make yourself save yourself. Capital C, make yourself save yourself. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 with a very special focus on verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. The Apostle Paul writes in his letter to young Timothy, Paul writes, watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve, persevere in them, because if you do so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Once again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 from the New International Version, Paul writes to Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Capital C in our outline, save yourself. Save yourself. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we bless your name. We thank you, Father, for life, for health, for strength. We thank you, Father, for food, clothing, shelter. Father, we thank you most of all for salvation. We thank you, Father, that you saw us before the foundations of the earth, and you decreed and determined that we shall be members of your holy family. We give you glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Father, we ask once again that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have grievously committed against you in either thought, word, or deed. We ask, Father, that you will continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Father, thank you today for protecting us from dangers seen and unseen. Thank you, Father, for not allowing the adversary and his children to have their way with us. You have been better to us, Father, than we deserve. You've been better to us, Father, than we recognize and comprehend. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Father, we will be like David, who said he will bless the Lord at all times, and your praises shall continually be in our mouth. Thank you today, Father. We pray, Father, that as we have gathered today, in obedience to your spirit and obedience to your, your word, that you will bless us today with a word from on high. Open the storehouses of wisdom, Father, and pour out wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for us, your little children, that we may grow stronger in you 
and in your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We trust, Father, that as we are touching and agreeing, asking in the name of Jesus Christ that you will do these things for us in his most holy name we pray. Amen and amen. First Timothy chapter 4. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, young man who had been brought up in the ways of the Lord. He was now operating in his spiritual gifts and doing a very good job of that. Paul writes to strengthen and encourage this young man of God to help keep him on the straight and narrow path. And I want to encourage you, child of God, it's, it's very important to have individuals in our lives that help keep us on the straight and narrow path. It's a good thing. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. It's a, it's a good thing to have people that are looking out for your spiritual well-being. It's a good thing to have friends. Paul was not just a father to this young Timothy. Paul was also a friend. And we see in verses 1 through 15 the instructions that Paul gives to young Timothy. Paul gives Timothy sound instructions. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, elder, bishop, overseer, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, give sound instruction to your hearers. Paul gives Timothy very sound instruction. He warns Timothy about some of the things that would go on in the last days. In verse 1, Paul says that the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, in essence, Paul said, look, this is what God says about what's going to go on in the latter days. Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's something to keep in mind, children of God. Once God has already said how a thing is going to be or how a thing is going to go, there's no need trying to pray against that. There's no need to trying to keep that from coming to pass. For if that, once God says a thing is going to happen, if that thing does not happen, then what God is is a liar. And we understand that God cannot lie, nor can he swear by anyone greater than himself. You say, Apostle, then what do we do? Well, I want to encourage you that that, that, that Spirit says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith. My prayer for you is to do all that you can that you are not a part of that some, that you are not a part of that group that has been destined to leave the things of God, destined to leave the family of God, destined to leave the truth of God, much like Judas, Lord's disciple, the apostle who 
was doing the works of the Lord for a while, then he got led astray. My prayer for you, under the sound of my voice, don't let the adversary lead you astray. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. And as Paul deals with Timothy concerning falling away from the church and, and, and how uh, physical training in verse 8 is of some value, but then he goes on to say, but godliness has value for all things. Now, the Lord is bringing to my spirit today. Earlier today, we had an opportunity to go to one of the gyms here in Pretoria. Many of the saints know that I like to exercise and, and like to work out, so they took me to a gym today in order to uh, continue my exercise program. And we saw many individuals. You know, I remember... As I was just looking around in the, the weight room, I saw some individuals that had worked very hard on building their arms up. Their arms were built up very, very nicely, but their chest and their legs was not as built up. Some individuals had built up their chest and their arms very well, but their legs were uh, not too built up. And you, you were seeing, seeing all kinds of things, and God began to deal with me and, and, and reiterate how important balance is. Keep in mind, child of God, that our God is a God of balance. As the Lord had me uh, doing my workout, you know, I had began to do some upper body workout, then the Lord reminded me that you need to work on your lower body. You know, and so it is when it comes down to things in regards to the spirit. God is a God of balance even when it comes down to ministry. The scripture lets us to know that all scripture is God-breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? You see here that even in ministry, there is a balance. As, as leaders in the house of God, you know, uh, we can't just give doctrine. Because sometimes there's going to have to be some reproof. We can't just reproof all the time uh, because there's going to have to be some correction. But we can't just correct all the time because there's going to have to be some instruction in righteousness. God wants to do many things to you and to me through and by his word. There are times that God is going to give us doctrine. There's times when God is going to reprove us through his word. There's time when God is going to correct us through his word, and there's times when God is going to instruct us in righteousness. God is a God of balance. His word will help to bring about balance. Now, now one of the things God is placing in my spirit right now is that without God's word in operation in our life, as children of God, we, uh, we will be out of balance. Mm-hmm. When God's word is not front and center in our lives, we will be out of balance. There will be something that we are doing too much of, and there will be something that we are doing too little of. When God's word is not center and, and at the forefront in our life, we will be thrown out of balance. So God's word, one of the main uh, purposes of God's word in your life and in my life, is to bring us to a place of balance, bring us to a place where we're not 
spending too much time doing anything. Some individuals who have not allowed God's word to be supreme in their life are now spending too much time on the job. Some individuals who have not allowed God's word to, to be supreme in their life are spending too much time uh, watching TV. Some individuals who have not allowed God's word to be at the forefront and at the center of their life. Are spending, what happens, children of God, when we don't allow God's word to be in its proper place, everything else in our life is out of place. Let me say that one more time for somebody. That's, that's going to bless Somebody, when God's word is not in its proper place in our life, everything else in our life is out of place. When God, see, see, see watch this now. God says, Robert, my, my people need to understand this. We were created by God to worship God. Just keep that in mind. Just, just keep that in mind. If you ever wonder why you were created, why you were formed, why God formed your body, breathed into your nostrils the breath of life and brought you and I into being, you and I were created to worship the true and living God. All right. With that being said, if we don't worship the true and living God as we were created to, we will worship something else. We were created to worship God. But if we don't worship God, make no mistake about it, child of God, people that don't worship God, they are worshiping something. They are worshiping some that don't worship Jesus Christ. They're worshiping something. They're worshiping someone. You've got some people that worship money. You've got some people that worship their family. You've got some people that worship their husband, worship their wife. You've got some people that worship their job. You've got some people that worship their looks, their education. People, everybody is worshiping something, but God says everybody is not worshiping me. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Worship God. Worship God. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, God is looking for you. God says, these are the kinds of worshipers that I'm looking for. And God says, I'm not looking for you just to say hello. God says that when you worship me in spirit and in truth, I am looking for you that I might bless you. I am looking for you that I might lift you. I am looking for you that I might heal you. God says that when you worship me in spirit and in truth, I'm looking for you to do you good. God wants to do you and I good. The Apostle Paul says that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. See, worshiping God, living for God, has value in all things. Physical training, as many individuals as we saw at the gym today, lifting weights and running on treadmills and, and even going into Various uh, uh, looks like aerobic classes. God says that has that has it has some value. But godliness, I want to encourage somebody today. Godliness has value in all things. See, see, watch this now. Physical training won't fix your relationship with your children. Physical training won't get you in a right standing before God. Physical training will not get your soul saved, but godliness. God says, Robert, talk to my people about godliness. Godliness has value in all things. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to teach us today? That godliness will help to bring every aspect of your life under 
subjection to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Godliness will improve every aspect and every detail of your life. Godliness will help you in your spirit. Godliness will help you in your soul. Godliness will even help you in your physical body. You say, Apostle, how is godliness going to help us in our physical body? Because what the Holy Spirit will do, he'll start telling you, don't eat so much of that right there. Don't be taking in so much of that salt. Don't be taking in so much of that sugar. The Holy Spirit, as he speaks in us, to us, and through us, and for us, he will increase and improve every aspect of your life, every relationship in your life, the Holy Spirit will improve it. You say, Apostle, how's that? The Bible says that Jesus said that, think not that I come to bring peace but a sword. I didn't come, uh, you know, I come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against some other. That's exactly right. Understand that some relationships you don't need to be in. See, God understands that whether you do or not. There are some relationships, child of God, you don't need to be in. There are some people you don't need to be connected with. Mm, mm, mm. God said, Robert, talk about lots. Talk about lots for a little while. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, the Bible says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. All, anyone who blesses you will be blessed, and anyone who curses you all the cur- will be cursed. All the peoples on the face of the earth will be blessed through you. Bible says that the Abraham left, but Lot went with him. Lot, his nephew, young man that he loved, a young man that he watched grow and run around in his compound. Abraham, out of his compassion and out of his sense of uh, uh, family duty, brought Lot along. Sounds like a real good thing. But what you need to understand, child of God, that as long as Lot was with Abraham, the blessings and the promises that God had made to Abraham did not manifest. It was not until Lot separated, until Abraham and Lot separated, that the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. All these lands that you can see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. After, God, you say, Apostle, when did God say this? After Lot had parted from him. Lot was not a part of that promise of God. And you've got to understand, child of God, that there are some promises that God has that are for you. There are some promises that God has that are for you and not your sister. There are some promises that God has for you and not your brother. There are some promises that God has for you and not your mother. There are some promises that God has for you and not your father, not your son, and not your daughter. I want to encourage you. Make sure you tap into the promises that God has for you. Abraham and Lot came back together a little bit later on. But when their separation, there was a divine separation. God just, watch this now, watch this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God says, Robert, just as what I have joined together, let no man put asunder. God says, what I'm trying to break up, let no man put it together. There is what is, just as there is what is known as divine connection, there is what is known as divine breakups. 
Paul wrote to Timothy in verse 11. He said, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believe speech and life and love and faith and in purity until I come. Watch this. Devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Now watch this now, saints, because we can maybe bring this to a close. Be diligent in these matters. Be diligent in these matters. Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Whatever God has set your hands to do, child of God, I encourage you to be diligent. If God has called you to preach, preach diligently. If God has called you to teach, Teach diligently. If God has called you to clean the church, if God has called you to wash pastor's car, be diligent in whatever it is God has set your hands to do. Be diligent in these matters. The kingdom, watch this now, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom that has a physical manifestation. Keep that in mind. It's a spiritual kingdom that has physical manifestation. Just as you and I, we are spiritual beings, but we also have a physical manifestation. When you look at me, you don't see my spirit. You don't see my soul. You see the physical manifestation of myself, the physical manifestation of myself that is housing the spiritual manifestation of myself. So it is with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God right now is in a spiritual place. It's in a spiritual place, the third heaven, the paradise is where God is and Jesus is on the right hand of God. But there's going to come a time, child of God, when, when God's, the new Jerusalem, is going to become visible to our eyes. We're going to be able to see the place. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Now, keep in mind, child of God, that diligence in the things of God is a sign of progress. You need to write that down. Keep that in mind. Diligence. In most churches, in in most congregations, you are going to have individuals that are working diligently. You're going to have individuals that are working slowfully. In, In most congregations, most churches, most most, on most jobs, you're going to have the diligent workers. Most of you all under the sound of my voice right now, on your job, you know the people that are diligent and you know the people that are slowful or lazy. In most families, as you look around, there's going to be diligent members in most families, most houses, most marriages. There's going to be the diligent ones and there's going to be the slowful ones. In most groups, on your team, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're playing sports. On your team, you ought to be able to spot the diligent members of the team, and the slowful members of the team. Oftentimes, the diligent ones on the team, these are the ones who get most of the playing time. These are the ones that the cheerleaders are cheering about. These are the ones whose names are in the newspaper, normally. And the slowful ones, normally. These are the ones sitting on the bench. These are the ones that don't hardly get in the game. Well, in most endeavors in life, you're going to have diligent individuals and you're going to have slowful individuals. God says the church is no exception. The church is no exception, no exception. Even in in mega, mega congregations with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, normally you have a handful of individuals that are the ones that are the backbone of the ministry, that are getting the majority of the work done. A lot of spectators, a lot of people watching, a lot of people's names are on on the ledges. 
But when it comes down to the ones that are actually doing the work, normally it's just a few. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to encourage us to do? Keep in mind that diligence in the kingdom is a sign of maturity. See? And that diligence in the kingdom of God, God wants that to spread to your job. God wants that to spread to your, to your uh, relationships. God is a diligent God. He didn't rest on the, on, the, on the sixth day because he was tired. He rested to set us an example that we need rest. But God neither sleeps nor is he slumbers. God does not get tired. God, God can go, 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 go. And he wants you and I diligent. Paul writes to young Timothy, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. Watch this. So that everyone may see your progress. Diligent is a, diligence is a mark of progress. You who are studying one or two um, times a week, now you're studying on a daily basis. That's a sign of progress. You who are worshiping one or two times out of the week, now you are Worshiping on a regular basis, that's a sign of progress. And I mentioned to you earlier that we went to the gymnasium to exercise, to build our bodies. And I watched the young men and the young women that were there. Some young men, some young women, every time you looked at them, they were on a machine or they were pumping or they were lifting. And I looked and saw other young men and young women that were doing other things. Diligence will bring results in your life. Diligence in the things of God. God says, Robert, tell my people, I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. I want to encourage you, child of God. Don't worry about your reward from God when you diligently seek him. Write that down. Keep it. Keep it. What? what? Don't worry about your reward from God when you diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of diligence. When you are diligent in your studies, God is going to bless you. When you are diligent in your, in your uh, work for the kingdom, God is going to bless you. When you are diligent in your giving, diligent in your, your work, diligence, God is a rewarder of diligence. Don't worry about your reward. God said, I got that. And at the appointed and at the proper time, you shall receive it, saith the Lord. Watch now your life and your doctrine closely. Now, here we are, saints, and we're about to close out on this message here. Paul writes, watch your life. Now, what did we say our, what did we say our topic was? Capital what? Capital C, save yourself. Save yourself. Peter, when he spoke on the day of Pentecost, he warned the individuals and listeners, just save yourself. Save yourself. Placing your faith in Jesus Christ. You, Christ is the, is the agent that makes it possible for us to save. We've got to be saved. We've got to confess with our mouth. We've got to believe in our heart. Christ is the agent that makes this possible for you and I to save ourselves. Paul wrote, he said, watch your life and your doctrine. Watch your life and your doctrine. Now, these are two very distinct entities because what you want to keep in mind, child of God, is that I will know your doctrine by your life. We know one another. We can know one another's doctrine by our life. Our doctrine and our life are supposed to move in unison. In other words, the reason why some individuals are living unsound lives 
is because the doctrine that they have given ear to has been unsound. The reason why people do uh, unsound things is because somewhere the doctrine, somewhere what they have been taught, somewhere what they have listened to has been unsound. And what unsound doctrine produces is an unsound lifestyle. Why do drunkards get drunk? Well, somewhere in their, in their doctrine, in their teaching, they believe that getting drunk like that is okay. Why do fornicators fornicate? Somewhere in their doctrine, they're, they're, there's a belief that that's okay. Why do liars lie? It's somewhere in their doctrine. So Paul says, look, doctrine has a physical manifestation. Most everything, child of God, there is a spiritual manifestation of it and there is a physical manifestation of it, just as we are as human beings. Our bodies are physical manifestations of the essence of who we are. Doctrine is the spiritual manifestation of what you have been listening to, what you have been hearing, what you, what's been going on in your communion with God. Your lifestyle, my lifestyle, is a manifestation of doctrine. Paul says, watch them both. Paul says, look, watch what's going on in your inner man. Watch what's coming out of your outer man. Anybody that knows anything about health and wellness knows that in order to be in good physical condition, you and I must watch what we put into our bodies because what we put into our bodies at some point is going to come out of our bodies. Well, that's how God fixed us up in the natural. He's fixed us up. Whatever we put in these, 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 these natural bodies, it comes out. Well, so it is when it comes to the spiritual man. Whatever you and I have put into our spirit man, into the essence of who we are, it will come out in our, in our lifestyle. The Spirit of God tells us that out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. Let me listen to you long enough. I'll know what's in your heart. You listen to me long enough, you'll know what's in my heart. And the reality is, children of God, and when we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with our Creator, inside of our hearts there is good, and inside of our hearts there is evil. Paul is encouraging young Timothy and those of us who are reading these words thousands of years later to watch our life and our doctrine. Watch what, what we're allowing to come into us. You know, we, we, uh, the Lord is bringing in my spirit now something that was shared uh, with some young people just on last night here. Uh, some of the young people were watching uh, music MTV awards and many of the uh, pop stars of this generation were singing and dancing and different things. Uh, but the young people didn't know uh, some of the things that some of these so-called pop stars are into and some of the things that are being done behind the scenes in uh, the lives of some of these individuals. And the Lord had just placed on my spirit to share uh, through YouTube videos some of the things that were going on in the music industry and some of the occult practices and symbols and different things that were being used, back masking, uh, which is where messages are being uh, played when music is being played in reverse, that some of these individuals are singing how there are messages that are being... And when some of the young people uh, found out the truth about what 
they had been looking up to or admiring or enjoying for some time, once they found out the truth, they immediately wanted to turn the station. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with me? God says that he'd like to see more of us as his children do the same. And these were young, young, uh, 11, 14. These were preteens and teenagers that did this immediately. God says some of my adult children don't move away from wickedness and evil as fast as those young people. God wants to see you and I do the same. Once we get the truth of a, of a doctrine, of a, of a behavior, of a, something that we know that is, that is not pleasing to God or that is deadly and con- God, the same way these young people immediately moved away, God wants you and I to do the same. The young people understood that this, this right here can affect my life, that this is a doctrine that can affect my life in a negative and in, in a way that's not pleasing to God. Let me immediately change the channel. God says to, to somebody under the sound of my voice, you need to change the channel. There's some channels that we've been watching. We're not talking about TV. We're talking about activities or, or, or things that we've been involved. God says we need to change the channel. That we might be saved. Paul said, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Persevere in what? Persevere in sound doctrine, which produces sound life. Persevere in sound doctrine that, pers- that, that, that results in sound life. Persevere in them. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? If you want to stay in good physical condition, you've got to keep exercising. You can't have exercise 20 years ago and expect the exercise that you did 20 years ago to have you in shape today. So it is when it comes to the things of the Spirit. The same way we must persevere, no matter how old we get, no matter how our hair turns gray and how our our bodies get so we must persevere physically in order to be in good shape physically. We must persevere in the word of God, in sound doctrine, in the truth from God in order to stay in shape physically, in, in shape spiritually. Paul says to Timothy, he said, persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. If you do. You will save both yourself and your hearers. I want to encourage somebody today under the sound of my voice that the sound doctrine that God has placed within you is not just for you. Hmm? What? The sound doctrine that God has placed within you, child of God, is not just for you. God wants to save you, and he wants to save your hearers. He wants to save those who have heard from your mouth the truth from God. Salvation, child of God, it is not just for any one of us. Salvation, children of God, is for all of us. Save yourself. Save yourself. God is placing something in my spirit now as a track coach. Many years ago, my athletes would run what was known as a relay race. What happens in a relay race? One runner will start running with the baton. They would run their part of the race. 
pass the baton to the next runner. The next runner would take the baton, run their part of the race, pass the baton. The next runner would take the baton, run their part of the race, and give it to the last runner who would take the baton. On a, This is how sound doctrine is to be in our lives, children of God. Whatever good thing that God has blessed you to know and shared with you, there's somebody that he intends for you to pass that along to. That information, that revelation, that, that truth, that, that somebody. So that it not just saves you, but it will save your hearers. Child of God, as we pass the baton, our race as children of God uh, will be complete. Paul said, I have fought the good faith. I have, I have fought the good fight. He has finished his course. Paul said, I've done the part that God wanted me to do. Uh, let me pass the baton. And here we are now, receiving a baton from this great apostle. Thousands of years, he had run his race thousands of years ago. And here you and I are receiving the baton, running with it in our life and hopefully passing it on to succeeding generations that not only me and you might be saved, but those who hear us. See, there's some of you, many of you all, most of you all, under the sound of my voice, I will never see you face to face. And that's all right. My prayer is that the doctrine and the lifestyle that Paul talked to Timothy about and being careful with both of these things will not only bring about salvation for me, but bring about salvation for you as well. This is our prayer, and this is our hope in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Save yourself. Save yourself. God, you know, in the baton, in the relay race, once you get the baton, it's, up, it's time for you to run now. See, it's time for you to run. God is not going to ask you about the souls that Paul saved or the souls that Peter saved, but he is on judgment day going to ask you about your part and what you did in the kingdom. So let us get busy with the part that God has marked out for us. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We bless you. We appreciate you, Father, for this, another opportunity to stand before your people and share your unadulterated word. We pray, Father, that souls who do not know you in the pardon of their sins have been convicted and converted by your word. We also pray, Father, that those who already know you through a personal relationship in Jesus Christ. We pray that they have been strengthened, edified, and encouraged, that your name will gain even more glory, more honor, and praise through the lives of your children. Father, again, we ask that you forgive us for our sins and iniquities, which we have grievously committed against you. We pray, Father, that you continue leading us, guiding us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen and amen. Saints, you all know that I am on missionary tour in uh, South Africa. Those of you that want to contribute and be a blessing to the ministry, feel free. You can do that uh, by going to the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. May God continue to bless each of you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.